Welcome back, besties. <laughs> Every time you do that, it reminds me of when I was a kid, me and one of my friends. We got on this granny kick and we just talked to each other like grannies all the time. She was Betty, I think. Yeah, she was Betty and I was Mary Lou. And so we would talk and it sounded a lot like what you were just. Welcome back. back. Yeah, see, <laughs> that's what we would do. Oh, gosh. So we did something a little different. We knew we were going to come into the podcast room and record today. And we made a post on our social media asking what people wanted to hear about. And we're going to start this episode with relationship red flags. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I am so guilty of this. And you can just challenge me or correct me at any point. But I really believe that the foundation that you had for relationships growing up impacts your ability to see red flags. And the history of your previous relationships also affects your ability to see and act on red flags. I agree with you 110%. And let me tell you where I'm coming from with that. This is why I especially believe that second part. Hi, I'm Casey, and right here beside me is Kelsey. We are licensed professional counselors, mothers, entrepreneurs, oh, and besties. We know firsthand what it's like to wake up one day and think, how in the heck did I wind up here? Through our own journeys of self-discovery, we found that joy is something that has to be pursued through internal work. Now we are on a mission to help women from all walks of life understand themselves more so they can have real lasting joy. Join us every Thursday to hear fun and insightful interviews with experts who can point you toward self-discovery and fulfillment. I found myself like writing a lot about this in the book that's coming out in the spring. I think I had been shamed in a lot of ways for recognizing and trying to act on red flags at certain points in, in certain relationships. And then I kind of got where I remember I was in a therapy session and I was the client in the therapy session. And my therapist was like, did you not think that was a red flag? So we were talking about, you know, these different scenarios that had happened. And I was like, well, yeah, well, no, I mean, I don't know. And she helped me to see that I had lost my ability to act on red flags because I'd been told so much that this is ridiculous. Like, you're crazy for thinking that this is a red flag. This is just a little thing. This is just tiny. This is nothing. People are going to think you're insane if you end this relationship because of this one tiny thing. And I think you combine that with other pressures, societal pressures, family pressures, all that. It becomes very blurry what really is a red flag and what is a yellow flag. Well, think about, I'm thinking about guilt right now or maybe shame. I think if we can all think back to our very first relationship where we were like, I guess we're still scathed by our parents and like that. But I feel like I had a clearer insight of what red flags were in my first relationship than I did kind of in my earlier 20s. Reason being is because I think we all get in this cycle in our head of, is this just how it is? Are mm -hmm. all people like this? Mm -hmm. Do I deserve this? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just me. Maybe, maybe like this thing that 
keeps showing up in all of my relationships, maybe I really am the problem. Honest to God, my first serious relationship, I mean, mine is like ours because I think we've really, really, really done a lot of work and continue to do a lot of work to grow and like strengthen it and build trust and safety and all that. But aside from us, like my healthiest relationship was my first relationship, hands down, a hundred times over. It was good in a lot of ways because it gave me something to compare what comes next. Also, it when when the others came next, it changed my view because it was just like worse and worse and worse and worse. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. I was actually thinking about this the other day, how... You know, like for me, I had this one relationship my, and then I had another one and they were, they were pretty healthy and like normal. <laughs> and then something happened and it's like my whole framework for relationships and red flags and, and all of that just broke. See, I, my first relationship wasn't the healthiest. I don't think, I think I showed up the best version of myself back then because I think our first relationships change us in a lot of ways. And, like, I saw the red flags, but I just wanted to be such a good-hearted person that I knew they were there. I knew what the outcome of that was. But I was like, I just want to believe in this person. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Well, see, yeah. But, like, for me, it was the opposite. Because I started out seeing red flags, choosing people that were healthy had a good moral compass and like, you know, like I started that way. And then as time went on, my ability to see the red flags got worse. And then I started telling myself things like, okay, you're just being unrealistic. You just have to tolerate this behavior because this is how it is. This is how everybody is. But it didn't start that way with me. It's like I just almost got callous to a lot of the bad behavior that is accepted in relationships. And it's really hard because, you know, we talk about this quite a bit and I didn't have the kind of friendships that I wished I would have had. And part of it was my fault because, you know, I'm I'm not the greatest friend. Like I'm I'm a good friend in a lot of ways, but I'm busy and, you know, I have a lot of priorities. And so I think about my friends a lot, but I don't actually always reach out to them and do all the things that I probably should do. But, you know, without like having a friend or a therapist or somebody that I could actually talk about some of those red flags too, you're left in your own head with them. Yeah, I think you need to. Well, I remember when you went to therapy and I remember the red flag conversation and you come back and you were like, why didn't I not tell anyone? And I'm Uh like, I'm really not sure. And we kind of talked about that a little bit. I want a more clear understanding or give the listeners a more clear understanding of what red flags were maybe for you or what red flags are to look at or what what the hell are even red flags? <laughs> you know? Well, I think they're supposed to be the thing that when we see them, we realize that this is a potential bad thing that this person brings to a relationship. And I believe when you see a red flag, you're supposed to run the other way. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, like I remember asking my therapist, well, I don't. We run towards the red flags. Let's just be honest here. I think everybody, there's things that show up, especially when we're younger, Mm -hmm. that we're like, 
oh, it's so cute that they love me so much and they just want to be with me 24-7. Uh-huh. Well, especially whenever we've not had a steady, healthy foundation. Sometimes I think we don't see red flags or we're not willing to see them because we don't even know what normal is. And so think about that. If you don't know what normal is, how in the heck are you going to know what a red flag is? That is true. You know? Yeah, I love the word normal. Yes, you do. And I hate, <laughs> I hate the word normal. Because what is that? Like, what the, what's, uh, I just want to be normal. Why? Well, I think you also kind of have to understand your values and kind of looking at past template, right? Like talk, looking at past relationships, past attachment with parent figures and all of that stuff. And then look at the present, which the present would be the red flag. And does it align with your values and your future and what you actually want in a relationship? Because I do a lot of work with individuals about what do you value in a relationship? So that in turn, when things come up in the here and the now, and they it doesn't sit right with them, we can always go back to that. And you can have a clear picture of, is this a really a red flag for me? Right. Also, I think people jump into relationships at points when they're not ready for them emotionally. When you seek out a relationship or you're open to a relationship and, and you are not in a, in a healthy place, I think it also normalizes the red flags because it's very easy for you to be like, like what you just said, oh, that would feel so nice. Like if, you know, if you're feeling really lonely and you just want some attention and here someone is giving it to you on a silver platter 24-7, you might not even see that as a red flag because it feels so good. It's feeling a need that that you so desperately want met. And I'm going to throw this out there. I think eight out of 10 people that get together, they seek out that relationship because of the fear of loneliness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just pulled that number out of nowhere, but I know that most people keep their fear so close to them that they don't even realize what they're doing. And so if you get into this beginning part of a relationship and the biggest fear is you don't want to be alone, I think that those red flags could maybe look green or yellow. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, oh, well, I, I can make an exception. Give me an example of a red flag. Um, Jealousy. Oh, they're jealous. Oh, yeah. Like making a an excuse for why they're jealous. Oh, they just love me so much. That's why they're reacting this way. When you just saw a friend that you knew in high school that maybe might be the gender that you're interested in and that person goes nuts. Mm -hmm. They go absolutely nuts, like delete them, block them, all of the things. And you're like, well, this is just something I have to do to keep them around. I don't want to be alone. Mm -hmm. I love this person. And I think the love bomb bombing kind of like if you take jealousy and then you combine that with love bombing, it kind of equals it out not to feel like a red flag. Well, and people also are very good at knowing what it is you need, you know, mm -hmm. like they know that you that they've done something that you don't like. And so based on, you know, your conversations with them or just knowing this person in a different way, they know how how to use that. And I mean, me, for example, I've just grew up with I mean, my dad was like this and my grandparents and. If they hurt your feelings or they piss you off, like they're going to make it up to you with gifts, like they're going to buy you something. They're going to, you know, do something like that with you. And so 
for me, I ended up choosing people, not not in my first two serious relationships, but as I got older, I ended up gravitating more toward people that did those same types of love bombs because it felt normal and it felt comfortable. And yeah, I mean, okay, they did they did tell me this little lie, but they are really sorry because this is what they did. You know, and I think for me, I justified, are they really sorry with their behavior af- immediately afterward instead of, well, did it happen again? And how many times is the red flag happening? And for me, that's what I continue to overlook. See, I think I overlook red flags because... I feel like people are broken and I want to be the like knight in shining armor. And so I'm like, yeah, I could see, I see where this is coming from. Right. Like I now, but is that a red flag though? Or is that just being human? I don't know. Cause I think there's some red flags that I've, I've made not excuses for other people, but like I've tried to look at it as a more of a, this person did this, this could be really tumultuous in our relationship moving forward or in the future but then i find the reason why they probably did that Mm -hmm. what red flags do you see with me oh gosh are you tired of running to the lobby to see if your next appointment has arrived would you like a more discreet stress-free way for your clients to check in take a deep breath the receptionist for ipad empowers your practice to create a zen-like check-in experience This episode is sponsored by The Receptionist for iPad. It's the highest rated digital check-in software for therapy and behavioral health offices used by thousands of practitioners across the country. The Receptionist for iPad is a simple, inexpensive way to allow your clients to discreetly check in, to notify providers of a patient's arrival, and to ensure your front lobby is stress-free. The software sends an immediate notification to the therapist when a client checks in and can even ask if any patient information has changed since their last visit. Start a 14-day free trial of The Receptionist for iPad by going to thereceptionist.com slash besties. And when you do, you'll also get your first month free when you sign up. Um, it's going to be a previous red flag, I think. Like in the beginning parts of a relationship when you would just say, just leave, mm-hmm. just leave. To me, that was like I was disposable. Like, just leave. We have a problem. Just go. Go. You don't want to be here. Just go. Mm-hmm. And here we are two and a half years later mm-hmm. and we're still together. So if that was a red flag, why didn't you leave? Well, because I finally got to the point where, one, I created understanding around why that was happening and kind of understood your past and the patterns of behavior, like just leave. And I think in previous relationships, when you got to that point of like, you just need to leave, they would come back like this love bombing, buy you gifts kind of thing. But I created that understanding and also I communicated what was going on. Like, I cannot feel this way. If I continue to feel this way or I've continued to feel like I don't have a place and that I'm just disposable, like I'll completely shut myself off. So if you were able to develop that understanding and we are still together, do I still tell you that? No, you change your behavior. Right. And so 
What's the difference in that scenario and so many of the other scenarios that happen with people? It's not a red flag anymore. There was change. There was communication. There was, you know, I think we all, we all come into a relationship with red flags. We all come into a relationship with maybe not the healthy, healthiest coping mechanisms, healthiest attachment, but you get to a point where if I want to keep this person, I have to change and not, not change like, oh, they told me I have to do this. So I have to do it. But really seeing. I think there was an argument one time that we had and it really brought us closer because I was like, I cannot feel this way. And you were like, well, this is why I feel this way. We just came to this mutual understanding and and we were vulnerable and very emotional, which you don't always like. But um, I do. I do like emotional. See, that's (laughs) so this is also this is where you're wrong, because in the beginning, it wasn't that I didn't like the emotional Kelsey. It was that my body. (laughs) <laughs> could not handle it. Like my, my body, my, my emotions, like I had never experienced that before. And so I didn't have the tools to work with that. It like freaked me out. But like, that's why I fell in love with you. So it's not that I didn't like it or like I wanted that to go away. It was just in that span of time, I hadn't developed the tools to know what to do with it. Right. Okay. I do not want an emotional Kelsey now. Emotional? I don't want unemotional. Oh, okay. Emotionless. Okay. I don't, like, I don't want that. I don't think anyone truly wants that in a relationship. Like, I want someone to tell me how you feel, and I can handle it now. Right? Like, right. I mean, can you tell a difference? Yeah, definitely. I'm just still thinking about the red flag. <laughs> well, so my point there was... How do you know? This is exactly the conversation I have with my therapist. Like, how do you know when it's a red flag or it's something that you need to compromise on or you need to talk about? And the only difference that I see or the main like thing there is that foundation of trust, communication and safety, because if we would not have had or been working toward that There's no way that a red flag could ever be seen differently. I think another one you can add in there is honesty, because I feel like sometimes people and and we'll do a different podcast about lying. But I'm thinking about like it's a red flag to hide things that you're doing from your significant other, Mm -hmm. like little lies, big lies, omitting the truth, whatever it is like that is a 10 red flags, in my opinion. But. I think some of those red flags need to be met with truth. So like, let's say that I was saying, hey, I'm going to go home and take a nap. But instead of going home and taking a nap, I was going to go out and like shop. Mm -hmm. This is random. And you know, I would go shop rather than sleep. So, you know, I tell you that lie and then you catch me Mm -hmm. and you're like, well, this is a red flag to our relationship. Mm -hmm. I could have really spared that red flag by just being honest and saying, I don't want to go home and clean or I don't want to go home and sleep. I want to go shopping. And so I'm going to go shopping. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes people just lie because they don't want to be questioned. They don't want to be met with. I don't know. I don't know why people do that. But I know that there's been instances in your past relationships and mine where people just lie about stupid, stupid shit. And you think, oh, well, 
yeah, that's a red flag, but I'm going to make an exception. But then it happens over and over and over just in a different capacity. Mm -hmm. I might not lie to you about going home versus going shopping, but the next thing I'm going to lie to you about is like where I ate or who I might have saw or. I think that that's definitely a red flag. And if I were to catch someone in that lie, let's say that you lied to me now about that. I would really, I mean, I'd probably be really pissed, but I would say, what made you feel like you needed to lie to me about that? What Mm -hmm. was it? Is it something that I am doing that's making you feel the need to lie about it? Or is it something else? Like, I would really need to understand. And because I can come to you with that question, and I believe that you would tell me, it's not as much of a red flag. You know, like you've done things in the past where I think they were red flags. I'm like, what the hell is she (laughs) like? That is the makes No. And I've been able to communicate like my side of why I think that that's inappropriate or wrong or whatever. And then you get it because you hadn't necessarily maybe seen it from the way that I see it. And then and then that behavior changed. And even then. Let's say that there is something that's coming up as a red flag and you view it one way and you have a feeling about it, but I'm viewing it a different way and I have a feeling about it and we meet in the middle and we're communicating. Sometimes like that red flag just kind of goes away because I work harder at communicating one thing and you you work harder at just receiving that in a better way. I think sometimes, I don't know, I go back to the conversation, I'm going to go back to lying and honesty. Um, cause I, I did go to therapy over this because I'm always scared I'm going to hurt people's feelings. And so I have omitted the truth and, and created small lies because I don't want to hurt people's feelings that are involved. But there was this fork in the road that we experienced because I wasn't telling you things until last minute. I was just like, yep, I'm going here. Yep. I, Oakland has a doctor's appointment here. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I was doing it is that it was cause I was so nervous and like, I didn't want to disappoint. I didn't want to upset. And after talking to Casey, I realized what she actually needs. She just needs honesty, which who wouldn't in that situation? Full disclosure. Yeah. You know, but I've been in some some relationships. Here we go back to this where my full disclosure has dug me a grave. Mm -hmm. You know, people didn't. My full disclosure was was abused in a lot of ways, because even if I was telling the truth, they would twist it and make me feel like I wasn't telling the truth. You Which know? would be gaslighting and it would be another red flag. Yeah. But from that, I I really gained like a maladaptive coping mm-hmm. mechanism by just, oh, yeah, I just I just went to McDonald's. Don't share any detail, right? Mm-hmm. I just went shopping. Do not share any detail. Well, and I think that as much as we try not to do this, I think our body tells us a lot about... I was going to go there before we brought this last thing up, uh, body awareness. Yeah, about the relationship. Because when you're feeling something in your body, you know, I was with someone for a while, a long time. And if you know me on any kind of personal level, you will know there is one thing about me that is different. Than, <laughs> than just the average person. Do you know what that is? No, I do not. I can smell. I pay attention to things. Like, I pay attention to sounds. Oh, you're very hypervigilant. Oh, extremely yes. hypervigilant. So, I know the, I know every, I know the sounds, the smells of people. 
And, you know, I was in a relationship where the person told me that they had quit smoking because it was really important to me for a lot of reasons. I mean, gosh, if you really want to go back and like link it all up, like look at my parents Mm -hmm. and watching them with all of their health issues and my mom with lung cancer and COPD and has lost like all functioning with her grandchildren. And, And here this person has said, I know smoking is is something that you really don't like, so I'm going to stop. Okay, so you can imagine if you're with someone who has quit smoking because of you, because it's important to you, how good that feels, right? Like, Mm -hmm. oh, wow, you know, they must really love me if they were to do this. And then for years, (laughs) years, every time they would come in the door, come home, I smell smoke. Have you been smoking? No, I don't smoke. I swear on my kids' lives, I don't smoke. Like, man, something really smells like smoke. (laughs) Well, I mean, I guess it was the people at the gas station. I mean, I guess I brought the smoke in from them. Okay, well, I mean, surely you wouldn't lie about that. So I guess I'm just crazy. And then the next day, what's that smell? (laughs) And then... A cigarette lighter. Why do you have a cigarette lighter? Well, I mean, you asked me to to light those candles the other day, so I mean, oh, oh, babe, babe, don't don't worry about doing the laundry. I'll do my laundry. You don't have to do the laundry. I'll do it. For real? Yeah. Oh my. Okay, so you get like this love bombed of like, okay, this manipulation. I'm I'm gonna I'm I've done this for you because I love you so much. Okay, let's just start there. Let's stop there for a second. If this is happening to you in real life, take a step back and take a look at your life. Yeah. (laughs) And your relationship. Don't be a Casey. (laughs) This goes on and on and on and on for a decade. And the motive wasn't to do these things because they loved you. The motive was to keep their secrets a secret. Right. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my God. So to them. To this day, that's just a little lie. Like, you would leave our relationship? You would break up our family over a cigarette? But it's not even about that. Exactly. Like, it's, what is the whole picture? What is the theme? It's not about that. It's, it's, it's bigger than that. And here's the thing. Like, you smoke. Yeah, I do. Do I like it? I vape. Don't smoke. Do I like it? No. No, you don't. Do I ever say anything about it? Nope. You know why? Because it's my own choice and I tell you. Because you're a big girl. You can do your own thing. And I could say, hey, I really wish you would stop smoking. Like, it's really important to me. And you could choose to do it or you could choose not to do it. Would I end a relationship if you said, no, I'm going to keep smoking? No. But if you lied to me about it for a decade and made me think I was crazy because you were doing it and I suspected it, but I couldn't catch you? Yeah, I would. Yeah, no joke. That's a red flag. Mm-hmm. And so, like, finding out the truth in situations, in relationships, and not being able to, like, have honest communication about it, that's a red flag. And just having this, like, that's the one thing that I really appreciate about us. And regardless of whatever happens in the future, 
I think it has made me into a better person because now I can have those conversations that are both emotional, but also logical of, hey, like, this is how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I might have done this, but this is why I did it. And that's what I meant. And this is where it was coming from. Just being able to have that place that you can talk about that stuff with. Well, and I think when the dust settles from a previous relationship, like I'm not talking about right when you break up, because when you first break up with somebody, you're like, you don't have a clear head. There's no way you can see all that stuff. But I think when the dust settles like six months out or something like that, and you really take a look at your previous relationship, you can see some of the red flags, Mm -hmm. like even why your relationship may have ended. And even things that maybe you were doing that were red flags or not great. Yeah. I mean, I I can see it both ways. I see looking backwards over the last 25 years in in each relationship I've been in, like I could tell you exactly where I went wrong. Mm -hmm. You can't change it, but you can change it for the future and you can grow as a person and develop more awareness around those things. And also understanding where you've created those maladaptive coping skills, because I think if you are in a relationship with somebody that has red flags right off the bat, Mm -hmm. and maybe you're coming into it, we all come into things with red flags, but let's say that somebody had 10 and you had two. You, after that relationship, you now have five red flags that are coming from that due to those maladaptive coping skills that you've just to adjust your thinking and and maintaining that relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, going back to the lies to, to protect myself or protect so that there wasn't a bigger fight. Mm -hmm. Can you think of any of that maybe maladaptively you've got from somebody else's red flag? I had one of my red flags and I have to watch myself and, you know, like you and I can get in an argument and I can like get heated pretty (laughs) fast over certain things. My tone can become super harsh and I'm not even recognizing it. And that stems from a previous relationship where that was the only time you were heard. Right. You you had to be that way. And, you know, I just remember, like, I remember being in this one relationship and I knew it was fucked up. Like, I knew it was. I knew. I knew. But it was the only way that I knew to keep it working and, like, keep it going. I had to be an absolute complete bitch. Well, don't do that here. (laughs) Well, I know that that doesn't work. I mean, that wouldn't work for you. But and I, I hated that. Like. And I'm really not trying to project this blame onto this other person at all. But that was how he responded. Like, if I were to sit and be like, okay, let me let me explain where I'm coming from. I would get shut down so fast. It would be like blowing up in my face, like running off, leaving. Well, think about uh, like people that are with narcissists, like. They're not being heard when they're being calm, when they're being rational, no matter how rational they are or how valid their feelings are. The other person is never the narcissist is never going to see that. Yeah. And so the the person that isn't the narcissist has to basically be psychotic to be seen or heard. Mm-hmm. It's like level up the crazy. Yeah. I mean, that was the only way I could, if I went to a higher level than, than him, that was the only way he would come down. Mm -hmm. Like I had to just get uh, louder, meaner, you know, whatever, (laughs) like whatever was happening, me being calm and rational was never going to bring that down. 
And I was never going to get what I needed out of that conversation by entering. And, you know, when you're with someone, that dynamic, before you know it, becomes a habit. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way you know how to communicate. Or resolve conflict. Right. Right. Like people that are in relationships where somebody leaves. Leaving is like my thing. I, I, I need to leave. I don't do it anymore. Haven't done it in probably consistently like for eight years, probably. And I know you're looking at me like, what? But I have in the beginning of our relationship, but it it's not as, I want to use the word tumultuous again, but I'm not going to. It's not as um, crazy and sporadic as it used to be, I should say. But a lot of people, so like, let's say they leave. The other person in the relationship knows that this is just a pattern of behavior. This is normal. This is what we've established as normal. They leave, they come back, they bring me gifts, all is well. And so they think that that's, this is healthy for us. Well, and you said that that was a red flag for me in the beginning, but you also have to understand that that's all I ever knew. Mm -hmm. With my ex, with the one before that, with my dad, with my stepdad, yeah. every every man in my family, when something something got hard or they didn't have the tolerance to have a conversation, they just left. So, like, it took me a while just to to see that and to understand, like, how I feel when someone leaves. And for me to also know that that's not, that's not the normal that I want. Like, walking away just for some space to process is different from packing your shit and leaving. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and... Up to this day, I think we're pretty much on the same page with this now. Like, if someone is telling me they're going to leave and they pack a fucking suitcase, I ain't coming back. <laughs> that's it. If they really think they mean that, I guess that's one thing. Like, if they really think that they've got to leave this relationship, like that this is whatever. Okay. But I think more often than not, people do it to manipulate. Mm-hmm. It's it's manipulation. It's like, can I get you upset enough to say you're sorry or yeah. do whatever rather than just saying, I would like an apology for what you just did to me. Yeah, it feels like a threat. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm going to pack my stuff as slow as I can. I'm going to wait on you. Um, to chase after me. Yeah. And like I said, like, if you really want to go, go. But I'm not, I'm not going to be manipulated. And I think... I started to see previous um, experiences with leaving as more of manipulation or punishment. It wasn't that they really needed that. It was that they were trying to hurt me even more. And I think it's different, too, if you're because I am somebody who needs space. And, and you and I have talked about, like, if you do, we don't leave, leave. But, like, there are some times where I just I just need a moment. Like, I just need to calm down. <laughs> And so I think that needing a moment and the manipulation is like two different things. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's some people who can leave to not make the relationship worse in a lot of ways. But there has to be some kind of reassurance in that because it can't be. Who wants to live on a roller coaster? Yeah, sure. It's all not me. Who wants to do that? Like, I don't. Maybe some people in their bodies need like that dopamine rush and that serotonin and like they need those highs and that's what it does. That adrenaline gives them those highs, but that's not me. 
that that adrenaline from that kind of red flag makes me sick, like physically ill. My body doesn't handle that very well. It, it I think it's it's almost like re-traumatizing. Mm-hmm. It's like re-experiencing traumatic events all the way back from when I was two years old with people leaving and flying off the handle and packing up suitcases and spinning tires and all this stuff. Like in my body, it knows like it knows that and it is just not willing to to do it. So, yeah, I think at the end of the day, all red flags really go back to trust, communication and safety. There's one thing that we haven't touched base on that I just want to briefly talk about. What about like red flags and friendships? Oh, <laughs> 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 uh. I was just thinking about this at the beginning of this podcast about how people that I've been around that just like love me right off the bat. Right? Like, oh, you're the best thing ever, blah, blah, blah. But I've never given them a reason to love me. Or they tell you they love you the first time they meet you. Red freaking flag. Love you. You don't Um, know me. It feels icky to me when somebody is like all about me in the beginning because I know futuristically that that's how they're going to be with everyone in their life. Mm -hmm. And also a red flag if... Somebody is talking about one of their closest friends to you. I think that is a red flag. Oh, yeah. Like, okay, so when you go hang out with this person, you're probably talking about me. Uh-huh. I think it's different if somebody's like, oh, how's so-and-so doing? Not, oh, did you hear what happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I don't want to know. I, I, I secretly want to know, but I'm really, like, mm-hmm. scanning you for <laughs> how awful of a friend you may be. Yeah. If you haven't given somebody a reason to really like you, love you, be your bestie, no. I think red flags and friendships are also very similar to red flags and relationships. Yeah. If you are experiencing certain things in your in your friendships, chances are you're going to you're going to experience the same thing in your romantic relationships. And also, you know, I'm 9 years older than you. So I have a little bit of a different tolerance for friendships now than you do. And maybe it's because of age or maybe it's just because you're a more patient person than me. I don't know. I just got really tired of being screwed over all the time by friends. And and I don't need involved in drama. That's what I have reality TV for. I don't. Like he, you, Love is blind, big yeah. brother, survivor. I mean, literally, like, do you ever hear me just gossiping about people? Mm-mm. I don't. No. I do not do that. I don't care. It's not, it, it sucks the life out of me. It does not bring me any sort of joy. I don't like it done to me. I'm not going to do it to other people. But I also, you know, have experienced that too with, with family and Red flags, I'm sorry, I'll just say it. Red fat flags in a family. If if you're going behind my back or in front of my face and fraternizing with my ex, I don't trust you. Like that's something I've been burned. And you know, I think being cordial and civil and, and all of that is one thing, but like, you know, if you're going and hanging out with my ex <laughs> and you're in my family, that's not cool. Yeah. Like, that's not, how does that make me feel safe around you? No, I get it. Yeah. And so I think that that red flag, it was a red flag for me, and it changed a lot of the dynamics in my relationship with some of my family members for a while. But 
I think also red flags are very specific to you as a person. Like my red flag might not necessarily be your red flag because of different history. Yeah, because there's some things you would tolerate that I wouldn't and vice versa. We're very different in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Like I tell you all the time that there's things that you tolerate that there is no way on planet Earth that I would let in my world. No way. But I also know that you feel the same way about me. Mm-hmm. Oh, friendships. Yeah, that's that's where I see a lot of red flags in my life. But mm, yeah, that's another whole topic. And sometimes I think that red flags in friendships can just be an indicator that it's a season of change. Mm-hmm. You know, it's time for new friends to come into your life. It's time for you to be open to, you know, new. And also resetting your expectations. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what do I really value about a friendship? Like, I don't want a friend where I have to feel obligated to reach out to them every week because it's not sustainable for me. Well, and what worked for you in your 20s does not work for me. Will not work for you in your 30s. And wait till you get to your 40s. It will change again. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, it does. Yeah. You know, like I would love my my friends to be closer to me. I don't have really anyone here that I hang out with much. And some of my best friends live 10, 15 hours away. Shout out to Tara. Tara. <laughs> Tara. She's already been blowing up my phone this morning, hashtagging me. But, you know, I don't need a ton of them. I mean, who needs more than one Tara? Who has room? I'd take two of you, Tara. Uh, yeah. I mean, I just think that the friendships I know that I have now are so different than the ones I had in my 30s. Well, because you have different needs that you need to be met. And kind of like Nate said, they are one of the more selfish acts that we make mm-hmm. in our lifetime is, is friendships. Yeah. And what they're serving to our purpose. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I think we just have to remember that it all boils down to communication. And what's happening now can really impact the future if you're not paying attention to those red flags. If you're enjoying our podcast and would like to hear more from us, leave us a review wherever you get your podcast so we can keep making great content. Talk to you later, besties.